Now, you guys know me. You know, I, I see a headline and I just go for it. And this one right here is definitely one for the Weed Smoke Chronicles. If you don't know, this is Brother Marquise. Check this daggone title out. Indiana pastor loses his job after appearing in drag on a TV show. Now, hmm, this is coming out of fox59.com, uh, which snatched it off of the AP. And I'm going to just read it here because this is just kind of ridiculous. The Reverend Craig Duke has been a Methodist minister for three decades, building a reputation as a staunch advocate of LGBTQ inclusion. His pastoral duties have now been terminated as the result of a bitter rift surfacing in his Indiana church after he sought to demonstrate solidarity by appearing in drag alongside prominent drag queens in the HBO reality series, We're Here. Now, this man has a 400-member congregation out in Newburgh. I think that's uh, somewhere deep in Indiana. I find it pretty interesting. It's it's okay, you know, if you want people to feel included. I it's it's okay if you want people to feel. I mean, isn't that what uh, going to church is all about? Welcoming the sinner. And all of that, you can read this on fox59.com. Now, I find it interesting that you I, look for, for, as a as a pastor, you stay in your lane. When you dressed up as a drag queen, you sent yourself over the top when you're participating in an LGBTQ pride group you it's it's one thing to participate but you're not bringing anything to the table except for support for a particular lifestyle does that mean then that you will come with pockets full of rum to show solidarity for alcoholics if it, is it okay for you to come in there with a cigarette in your hand, a beer in your hand, and a wife beater to support those who abuse their spouses? Are you going to do that? Did you come in blackface to support black? Okay, okay, that's a little too much. But I'm just trying to figure out what kind of weed are you smoking? Because it's one thing to love somebody. It's another thing to encourage the sin. And if you're encouraging the sin, then isn't that something that God is against? I mean, don't let me preach to you. I ain't nobody. But the last thing that you want to do is to encourage the lifestyle. And by you being a part of this, number one says it's okay. And not only that, dressing up as a drag queen this is something that is over and above what you're supposed to be doing he said that his only hope and goal was to bring the message of God's unconditional love to a community that has been greatly marginalized 
That's what he said. That's okay. It, you know what I'm saying? I can agree with you there. However, once again, did you have to dress up like a drag queen to do it? The answer is a resounding no. Absolutely not. Because that then changes the entire conversation. It does. Say what you want to say. But a grown man dressing up as a drag queen, and this is not like for a television skit or something like that. Dude, you you were in you you were doing that. All up in preaching the gospel and all that stuff. Come on, man. You can't burn the candle at both ends and expect for people to take you seriously. You got to be smoking some weed, bro. You don't go to bat for people like that unless you are a part of it. You don't, you, you, you just don't. Sorry, not sorry. You just don't. Because somebody has to hold the line somewhere. The truth has to be told sometime. Like, God doesn't play stupid games. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. This is Brother Marquise, FirebackRadio.com. All right, y'all, this is Brother Marquise talking to Big Pastor Stephen Walker, <laughs> friend of mine. We're talking about God, Jesus, and the whole nine. And I had a few questions to ask relative to who is God, who is Jesus, what is their relationship? Because we have people worshiping Jesus as if he was God. Whereas other people don't worship Jesus because he is not God. But Pastor Stephen is going to clear this up. And I want you to pay close attention to what Pastor Stephen has to say. Pastor Stephen, tell me in your wonderful, magnificent word, explain this to me of who God is, who Jesus is, what is their relationship, what is their separation? How did we get to worshiping Jesus instead of God the Father? Because there is a difference. Can you clarify for us, please? Because there is a lot of confusion going on in Marquise's brain. And I'm only going to send this out to Dennis and maybe one other person that we talk about that we talk to this about. Or not. I have to get your permission to, to do anything else. Okay. But it's only going to go out for, to a couple people. So explain to me, how long have you been a pastor? Or No, no. How long have you been studying the Word of God? 30 years. 30 years. 30 years. I've been studying the Word of God for 30 years. And uh, so the truth. All right. So let's talk about it. So God is the Father. Jesus is the Son. And then there's the Holy Spirit. So there's God the Father, God the Son, the Holy, God the Holy Spirit. All right. So there are three separate persons, one purpose. They're three separate, but one purpose. All God. There's only one God, the father. 
There's only one God, the Son. There's only one God, the Spirit. So the Spirit is not the Son, and the Son is not the Father. They're separate, but have one, having one purpose. To prove that, you look at Jesus and the way he lived his life. The relationship between him and God the Father, he always prayed to the Father. He's always praying to the Father. He's always said that whenever you pray, when the disciples came and said, teach us to pray, he says, our Father who art in heaven in the Garden of Gethsemane. Who was he praying to himself? He said, no. He says, Father, if it's possible, have this cup pass from me. Then he said, not my will be done, your will be done. Two separate individual wills, two separate persons. He clearly showed that he was not God who is Yahweh and Jehovah. He is Yeshua, the son of God, sent for the purpose to die for our sins, to restore us back to him, which is the reason why no one can come to the father, but do that sacrifice, right? The atonement for that sin. So the, 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 how we come to the place where men are worshiping Jesus is because they like to say that Jesus is God because Jesus they can control. And Jesus is not even his real name. Yeshua is his name, right? Because they didn't speak English. Jesus is not white. He's Jewish. And he's also, his name comes from that time period, which was Hebrew. So Yeshua, Amashiach, which means Jesus, the Messiah. That's who he is. So Jesus came to show us the way back to his father. And he says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the father but by me. Right. My sheep know my voice. Another they will not follow. So we're supposed to follow Christ and follow his example, which is we have to pick up our cross and follow him to where the place of death which means we no longer have our own will. We're asking the same thing he asked in the garden, not my will be done, your will be done, right? So we're sacrificing our will once we come to Christ. And in receiving Christ, we come to understand this, is that when it comes to God, and this is this is the part I was going to tell you is going to mess you up. So the first time you're going to hear this, but this part is going to mess you up. If you look in John 10, 34, this question was asked to him about this God thing. And this is what Jesus said. And I'm going to read it in the King James Version. And I'm actually, I'm going to go to, to, the, to the chapter, John 10. And uh, the, the question was asked to him about this whole God thing. What do you mean you're God? And they were saying, are you, if you are God, tell us plainly. Like, no more parables. Like, come out and tell us plainly. And I'm going to pull it up for you. So let me get back there. So John 10, 34. And this is what he said. All right. So those listening, get your Bible. Let's take a look at it. John 10, 34. I'm going to go to the 34 verse. Let me go down here. All right, so here we go. So this is what he said. I'm sorry, 31. Then the Jews took up stones again to stone him. Jesus answered them, Many good works have I showed you from my father. For which of these works do you stone me? The Jews answered him, saying, For a good work we stone thee not, but for blasphemy, and because that thou, being a man, makest thyself God. Jesus answered them, Is it not written in your law? I said, ye are gods. If he called them gods unto whom the word of God came and the scripture cannot be broken, say ye of him whom the father have sanctified and sent into the world, thou blasphemous, because I said, I am the son of God. If I do not, the works of my father, believe me not. But if I do, though ye believe not me, believe the works that ye may know and believe that the father is in me and I am in him. Therefore, they sought again to take him, but he escaped out from their hands. So what he was doing is he was telling them, look, the scripture even calls you gods. Why? Because we're the sons of God. And if you come from God, you got to be God. And if you think about it, when you look at um, 
I'll give you another verse that you can get a reference from. Psalms 82, verse 6. And this is what he was quoting. Psalms 82, verse 6. And I'm going to go to King James again. Let me pull it up. I got it on another phone, so I got to pull it up. All right, here we go. This is what he said. Um, they know not, neither will they understand. And this is verse 5. They know not, neither will they understand. They walk on in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are out of course. I have said, ye are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High. Be but you shall die like men and fall like one of the princes. Arise, O God, judge the earth, for thou shalt inherit all nations. That's what he was quoting. So he was telling them that I am not claiming just to be God. I'm claiming to be the son of God. He actually called those people gods to whom the word came. But he sent me here and I'm just saying I'm the son of God and you want to stone me for that. So the hang up is that men have tried to make Jesus the father and they, they worship him. And Jesus said, uh, in that day when he returns back to the father, in that day you will ask me nothing, but you will pray to the father in my name and he will answer you. So he clearly let them know, don't, when I return to the father, there's no coming for me and asking me for anything. You, while I'm in front of you, you can ask me for things because I'm right here. But when I return to the father, I go to return to the father so I can intercede on your behalf. So when you pray, don't pray to me, pray to the father in my name. And that's the mistake a lot of people make and a lot of pastors stand on that and they, they were taught wrong. But the Bible says when the blind lead the blind, when blind teachers teach blind students, those students grow up to be teachers that teach blind people. That's just the reality. And it's unfortunate. But, you know, when Jesus came, the Pharisees were blind. The Sadducees were blind. They didn't see Christ because they didn't want to know God for themselves. They wanted to use religion to trap men so they could heap all their wealth and power over them like they were some somehow you know better than them. But that's not what God, that's not, not the way God set up. Matter of fact, even with the disciples, Jesus had to let them know, y'all not here to be better than no one. You are here to be servants like me. And that's why Jesus was washing feet. He's the son of God. And he says, follow my example, serve each other. They'll know you're my disciples by the love you have one to another. We're not here to be served like we're all something special. That's not what it's about. We're here to serve each other the way God wants us to serve with love. Why? Because that's why we're here. We're not here to be you know, Pharisees with big old buildings and big houses driving fancy cars. And that's not it. And that, that's where they make their error. And a lot of them, Matthew seven twenty one, he's going to tell them, I never knew you. You're not inheriting my kingdom. You didn't, you never fellowship with me. You use my word to create a religion so that people could worship you as some mighty man, a woman of God. And that's not what it's about. Okay. Well, we heard it here. That was Pastor Stephen for y'all who don't know. Um, so in order to get past serving Jesus, who obviously said that he didn't come to be served. So if we go to a place of worship like that, what is your recommendation if they blur the lines? I mean, if we obviously see the lines blurred between a pastor putting Jesus in God's place. What is the recommendation? Because a lot of people don't hear it. A lot of people think it's all one and the same, but it's not. Uh, but some of us hear hear the hear the subtleties. What do you say to those? Should we flee that church, or should we say something? Should we rock this? Should we knock that table over? Or, I mean, what do we do? 
I mean, the first thing you should do is schedule a meeting with your pastor and sit down to go over the scriptures with them and see if he receives the truth. If he doesn't receive the truth, you have to get out of there. There's no question that 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 should be your last meeting in that building, because if you show him scripture and he doesn't receive the truth, then what lies is he teaching? And that's that's why you got to get out. Why? Because you you're not trying to be in a place where God is not at because there's a form of godliness, the word says, but the end thereof is destruction. So we're not trying to be religious. We, we are going to be in a relationship with Christ. And you might have a whole season where you're looking for a church where they're teaching truth. I did, too. But if you're seeking, you shall find, the Bible says. God will guide you by his spirit to where his people are at, where you can fellowship and you can learn truth. But you, you, you definitely got to get you, and especially you and your family, out of that. It's going to cost relationships. And a lot of people, there. but, you know, my mom, I was raised in this church. or We got connections here. Why would we leave? Are you seeking God or are you seeking man? That's what it comes down to. And and in the Bible, and actually Jesus says, no man will leave father or mother or sister and brother who will not have more given to them in this world and in the world to come. So if you if you if your wife or your family and everybody wants to stay in a false religion and you know it's false, then you're making the choice. You either serve God or you don't. And if you don't serve God, but be the best sinner you can be. Stay there. Just matter of fact, participate. Be a part of it. Because you're going to hell. I mean that's a reality. But if you're seeking truth, follow Christ. Christ will take you to God and you'll inherit the kingdom. So you mentioned about relationship. Who are we being who are we supposed to be in relationship with specifically? Who who is who are we supposed to be in relationship with? Are we gonna be in relationship with 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 Jesus in order to somehow uh, manipulate him to say we're good, right? Or who are we supposed to be in relationship with? And and then how do we get there? Great question. So this is the way it works. God, before Jesus came, was working one-on-one with man. He did that with Noah. He did that with Abraham. That was their relationship. They got directly to him. All right. What happened was when it was time for salvation for, for him to fulfill his covenant, which he told Adam and Eve in the garden, he was going to send one that would restore all things. When Jesus came, the whole purpose of sending him was for the father to have his representation in the earth. The angels told them uh, the night that Jesus was born, he told the shepherds in the field to go and see the son of God that he was born. He told his mother and his father to name him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Right. And, and his name means God is salvation. Right. So he came to restore all things. So it's not like he's not a part of this discussion. Right. So what we know is we reverence Jesus for being our savior and he's our Lord because we listen to what he says. All the word he says about following the, the, um, the will of God and doing the will of God, we should listen to. That makes him Lord. A lot of people who call themselves saved are just saved. Check this out. To them, Jesus is their savior. That's their ticket out of hell. They don't want to go to hell. So Jesus is their savior. But he's not their Lord because they don't listen to what he says. And he said in the scripture, he's talking to some men and he said, why do you keep calling me Lord when you don't do what I say? He's not playing. You don't get to get in just because you say you know me because Matthew 7, 21, we already talked about it. He's going to say in that day of judgment, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, and I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you worker of iniquity, right? So it's not about knowing his name or saying he's the son of God because even the devil knows he's the son of God. So that doesn't make no difference. It's did you listen to what he said and did you obediently follow what he said to do. 
we reverence him because he's Lord and Savior. He is the Son of God. And if you reverence the Son, you receive the Father. See, the Father didn't send him for no reason. The Father sent him as a representation in the earth of himself because he's a Son. And if you receive the Son, the Son gives you ability to get to the Father. You cannot get to the Father any other way but through Christ because there has to be an atonement for sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. There's no forgiveness of sins. So Jesus came to die for us so that we could live for him. And if you follow that, then we are co-laborers with Christ. As a matter of fact, the, word, the, way the, God, the way the word is set up, it says that God is preparing a bride for Christ. So we are the bride of Christ, the church. Those who are the called and the chosen are the bride of Christ. That's the relationship we have with him. We're waiting for his return, right? So when, when you say who, what is the relationship that we have? He came to die for our sins that we might receive him to be able to get back to the father. And when he left, he sent the Holy Spirit who we have a relationship with now. Those who have received Christ and are baptized, the Bible says, receives the Holy Spirit, right? Which is a down payment of our salvation, the Bible says. So the Holy Spirit gives us power to live a better life, to resist sin, to be able to change the way we think, the way we act, you know, what we do in this world by having some of that power with us that Christ had. That's the relationship we have. So we have a relationship with the Holy Spirit because we're thankful for Jesus dying for our sins. And we and we and that's what we give him glory for because he did that. And we worship God because God was the one that orchestrated all of that to bring us back to him. So when you were talking about Lord, Lord, you said something to me off off uh, off the air about you when it's written, it's capitalized or it's not capitalized. What is the difference in the capitalization versus non in reference to Jesus is Lord versus there is only one Lord and that's the Lord God. So the way our Bible is written, instead of writing the word Yahweh in the Old Testament, they wrote Lord in capital letters. So anytime you see L-O-R-D in capital letters, it's like seeing Yahweh, you know, Y-W, Yahweh, Y-W-H, I don't know. I, I don't remember exactly how it's four letters. Y Yahweh, Y H W H. Anyway, it's those four letters. Um, and so in American, the, the English Bible, what they did is they spelled it in all capitals to represent when God, the Father, is being talked about, and then L O R D, capital L O R D is the Son. Whenever you see that, you're talking that's the Son. It's different. Um, and that's so that we could see that it's, we're talking about two parts of the same Godhead. But the different position, there's different positions. There's a father or it's the son. And it was important because Jesus had to make sure that they understand, understood that he didn't come to represent himself. He came to do the will of his father. He was always pointing them back to capital L-O-R-D. That's the reality. And, 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 and man has attempted to eliminate the capitals to, so that they can have a man called Jesus that is the God that they could worship. And a part of that is the you know, Roman Catholic Church because they worship men. You know, they got idols they worship. They worship women. They got idols they worship. So a lot of that came from them. Um, but those who walk in truth know that Jesus is not the father. Jesus is the son. And he's due reverence because of that. But he gave glory to his father. Like we're supposed to give glory to his father, who is our father, who we don't even call God, by the way. We shouldn't even be calling him God. Those who are the sons of God are to call him Abba. Abba, which is a way closer, like calling him daddy, you know, it's a way closer relationship, right? So through Christ, we now have obtained that adoption. And, and now we are also the sons of God because of that.
Well, I have no further questions. I mean, if there's any other question that I'm going to ask you, I'll grab you, snatch you up, and ask the question. And if you all have any uh, further questions, you can uh, reach out and touch me if you want. Um, you guys know how to get in touch with me. It's Brother Marquise. Oh, I just, something else I want to say. Speaking to uh, Pastor Stephen, who is uh, still have some juice left in his cup that he would like to share. So go, sure. so go on. I just want to make sure I say this. So right at the end, and this is what I teach. I go to predominantly, I'm a pastor at a predominantly white church. Uh, and I make sure I teach this because it's truth. We should only teach truth that his name is not even Jesus. His name is Yeshua and he's not white. And I might've said it already, but I want to make sure I reiterate that he is not a white man. He is Jewish and he looks Jewish just like the people over there right now in Jerusalem look just like that. Right. So this whole kind of all these pictures and paintings, that's idolatry. Make sure you get all that out your house, out your church, you know, all of that. You know, that's the reality. We got to get clear of that image because the white man has used that. Well, those are symbols. I mean, even the Bible says that the Holy Spirit descended like a dove and John saw that. So those are symbolic. The dove was using Noah's story too. represents peace and God's uh, ability to provide for safety for his people. So those are symbol symbolism. But to add color to it is a man thing. It's man made. Um, and that's a whole different discussion. But the point is, he's not uh, he's not European. He's not white. He's not American. He's Jewish. It's a he, the Bible is written from a Hebrew context. So you got to understand that. Um, and his name is Yeshua Amashiach. He's uh, the son of God, Yeshua. So we say Jesus in Japan. They might call him something different in their language. You know, everybody has their own language. But his real name given was Yeshua. Now, you know, I got to go off rail. OK. OK. Are you a racist? I'm an e-racist. You're e-racist. Okay. okay. I'm just. I just wanted to throw that out there because some people, they would hear what he just said, and be like, "Oh, he must be a racist." No, he's an e-racist, and uh, yeah, he ra- he erases foolishness. So you you guys heard it straight from the mouth of Pastor Walker. Thank you. And uh, I'll be getting back to you later, Dennis. And uh, but we wanted to have a discussion with somebody who actually has a clue. Yeah, and has been to Egypt and, 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 and he's yeah say that again and I have been to Egypt and lived there so I know so there there you go there you go he was probably back there with Moses and everything you know yeah yeah so anyway there you go alright <laughs> alright so we're going to be in Romans chapter 1 so and I'm just going to read through it and it's going to get the revelation of the fact that God um what his intention is for all men, not just for those who come through Christ, like all men, all creation. And what I said before was that we are all creations of God's. We're not all sons of God because he said only those who believe in him did he give power to become the sons of God. Right. So so Romans chapter one gives really good clarity on that. So I'm going to read it. Uh, Romans chapter one, starting at verse one, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God, which he had promised before. Uh, by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son Jesus Christ. You know what? I'm going in English Standard Version so that we can make this plainer because I love the King James, but for this purpose, I'm going to read it plain. All right, I'm going to start, start over. Paul, the servant of Christ Jesus, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who was, who was descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness, by his resurrection from the dead, Jesus Christ our Lord, through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith 
for the sake of his name among all nations, including you who are called to look, including you who are called to belong to Jesus Christ. That's us. All those that would come after that statement. Uh, verse seven, to all those in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God, our father and the Lord Jesus Christ. That's just an introduction to the chapter. Now, here we go. First, I thank my God uh, through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith is proclaimed in all the world. For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his son, that without ceasing, I mention you always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I may now at last succeed in coming to you. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented, in order that I may reap some harvest among you, as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. I am under obligation both to Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. She's just saying, I'm called to speak to everybody. So I am eager to preach the gospel to you also who are in Rome. Here we go. Verse 16. This is the one. This is where we're at. All right. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, which are the Gentiles. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Oh, man, my phone messed up. You got to be, see that? Boy, that's the enemy. Oh, hold on, people. Stay with me. Let me get back to real quick. Man, it was about to get good. Here we go. We get back to Romans. We'll go back to Romans chapter one. All right, here we go. I think I accidentally hit it. All right, so here we go. For the wrath of God, verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or gave thanks to him. But they became futile in their thinking and their foolish hearts were darkened. Verse 22, claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for the images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. That's idolatry right there. Verse 24. Therefore, look what God did. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie. Watch this and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who was blessed forever. Amen. Now look what happens. Verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. Now you want to know where homosexuality come from? Listen to this. Verse 26. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another. Men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice. They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, and maliciousness. They are gossip, slanders, haters of God, 
insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. That was a lot, but that's Romans chapter 1. So God has placed eternity and the knowledge of him in the hearts of every person he created and it's seen in creation. And because of the hardness of man's heart, they'd rather serve creation through idolatry and through sinful lust than the creator. So no one is without excuse. Even the person that's in the Amazon that never heard Jesus when they die, they're going to have to give an account for the knowledge of God that they have, that he already placed in them. Romans chapter 1. Again, that's Romans chapter one. Now I know I'm gonna got it when you read it. Even though I know what it says, it felt like I hadn't heard it before, and and part of the reason is because as you was reading it, it's like in my mind I was watching a newsreel, and as you read it, I saw everything in my head, and when you finished it felt like I I just saw it for the first time and uh, that was disturbing you know something else is going to happen in this day and time the, the devil is so emboldened he is now going to be showing images of the worship of evil creatures in plain sight no more hiding no more hidden societies none of that they're going to come out and they're going to have on demonic outfits they're going to be showing and saying demonic things and they're going to be acting in demonic ways and one of the first ones that did that was that black boy that was the country singer. What was his name? And he made the, the shoes with the blood and, and all that. Well, yeah, we talked about that on People's Congress. Yeah, yeah. So that he was one of the first ones. No, no, Kanye was the first one. He no, did that video. Madonna. Okay, there you go. I mean, they all come with, out. With, with the soup, with, it's, uh, it all seems like it started with the Super Bowls. Okay. Um, because the Super Bowls started getting really weird about 15 years ago. Okay. With the Super Bowl halftime show. And maybe you can even go say the Janet Jackson debacle was the kickoff. The the yeah yeah the what do you call it the the uniform malfunction or the costume malfunction? Um, I don't know, man. I mean, he's going to be emboldened to show more and more of them worshiping everything but God. But it's it's already happened because we've had statues of of Baal Baphomet in New York City. I think there was. I think it's the same statue, but they moved it, or, or they moved it, or they must have implanted. But I think it was in St. Louis, Chicago, New York, a lot of um, at the Queen's Castle or somewhere in England, um, in France, you know, near like the Eiffel Tower or somewhere. I mean, but but it's it's showing itself, and uh, what you just read, if you can't see. If you can't see that by the 2,000-year-old biblical text, if you can't see that this is happening now, then when you go to the last verse, this is what it says. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. And that's what's happening right now. And if you look at our politics, they are giving approval. I mean... I'm not going to name any political persuasion because they both sides do it, but one side is more prominent than the other. And they'll stand out there with their chest puffed up and proclaim it. 
and then demonize you for not jumping on the bandwagon. And yet we continue to vote for this crap, which then puts us in league with that behavior, with that sin, and we are going to be held accountable yeah, for such. Exactly right. Now, when it comes to the American government, this is the thing about the Democrats and the Republicans and all that. You know, the worst thing, you know what's worse than having choice is the illusion of choice. Ooh. And that's the what the government is set up to make you think you've got a choice. But both of those sides are set to destroy the people and being used by those above them to make sure they keep the people under control. I'm glad you said it, because when I say it, people think I'm crazy. But no, but no, but that but that's what it is. If, if you have eyes to see, you will see that plainly. Again. You're listening to Fireback Radio's brother Marquise, sitting with Pastor Stephen, who had a little more juice left in his cup. <laughs> Is that it, Pastor Stephen? Do you, do you? Oh, that's that's just the beginning. That's all right. We're gonna we'll come back. We're gonna come back. And um, there's more. For those who are getting this, besides Dennis, um, <laughs> share it with the world. yeah, sh- share it with the world because this this message definitely needs to go out. And um, this is my education. And you guys have just been placed on a journey along with me because this is the stuff that I've been fighting for years. And, um, you know, I'm constantly having breakthroughs. And as as God would have it, uh, I'm here on the set <laughs> with Stephen. And, uh, yeah, uh, it, this is what we're talking about. And I had to go, had to record it because I needed it as a matter of record just so I can go back and listen to it. Because I'm on my own journey. And, um, you know, if I'm learning this stuff, I mean, you should learn it, too. Because, um, yeah, yeah, because this is this is this is serious. This is not cupcake time. You know, this is life and death. And um, and I and I knew that and I know that. But I want to make sure that I'm on the right side of the fence. And um, I would say it's eternal life. Eternal life and eter- exactly. And when they talk eternally, I'm, I'm good. I, I, I no. Let's do it. Let's do it the right way. I had to put away all the toys. I had to throw away. I was telling Pastor Stephen. I had to throw away everything that I thought I knew, everything that I knew, and everything that everybody told me. And I had to start over. I'm not saying that's what you need to do, but that's what I did for me and my growth. And um, it's it's reached to this point to where I have Pastor Stephen telling me everything that I thought I knew um, but he just confirmed everything he, he confirmed my suspicions and um, I'm going to continue to ask questions and seek the truth because again it's as Pastor Stephen put it is eternal life or eternal death um, and that whole eternal death means that you're going to be a lighter a, a, a matchstick separated from God, separated from God. You know, fat burns a long time, and I'm not trying to get nowhere near no flame. So there you go. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs>